0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fire It Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are same faces, new places. The carousel of NFL free agency continues. A wild first weekend in the NCAA tournament. The madness marches on, previewing the upcoming Sweet 16 games. And with that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cowell.
1: Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Tuesday night in delaware ohio um you know like colton said we're gonna start off with uh probably some nfl news then we'll get into our march madness stuff but uh you know a lot of big news this week quarterbacks and wide receivers and uh you know um before we get into the actual players I'd like to talk about the afc west a little bit if we could obviously there's not a better division in football right now i mean
0: looking at it on paper you would say yeah I know I've, I, I've said it. Several I'm gonna times. say it
1: right now. I'm uh, betting the farm that the Super Bowl champion comes out of the AFC West <laughs> <laughs> right yeah,
0: now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I, I don't think you'd be too wrong. I mean, Vegas. Man,
2: unless they're just too beat up from beating each other.
0: Out. Right, right.
1: right. Uh, it, it, <clears throat> I mean, and the, just the quarterbacks in that league. You know, you got Mahomes, you got Wilson, you got Herbert, you got probably the worst one if you can call him, and I wouldn't call him bad. And That's Carr. Yeah, Derek yeah, he, Carr. He's yeah. probably better than any quarterback in the whole East. <laughs> right, so, right, right, right. You, know, you know, I don't know. It's that's going to be interesting interesting division. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about, like, like you know, Kansas City has kind of dominated that, yep. the last, what they've won that the last five years or six years, mm-hmm. I think. But, mm-hmm. heck, they went and added more weapons by picking up Juju Smith-Schuster. And, right, right. You know, to, to go along with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, the big news, and we'll get into that next. But,
0: you know, the Raiders adding Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. I mean – come on like I said every every week it seems like we've been talking about the AFC West some some team in that you know in that division adding a big you know a huge piece or making a a trade and every week I keep thinking like you know there's no way that they can keep just adding these these players or whatever and then they go and and change my mind or you know (laughs) me look like a fool I guess and the Raiders were the last team I guess the last puzzle or last piece of the puzzle to add kind of a big piece but I think that they saw the handwriting on the wall. Like, if they don't, they're really going to be right, lagging right. behind. You know, and,
1: and they just added, you know, Khalil Mack on defense. You know, for, go, the, for the Chargers. You know, they yeah. got the, coming off the end with Joey Bosa. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, the Raiders with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby is a pretty, pretty, fermi- pretty formidable dynamic. twosome there on defense as well. So, right. yeah, that AFC West, man, it's just yeah. it just, it just, star-studded. Right. Like I, you I, said –
2: Go ahead, man. I think I like that move by the Chargers better than any of these other moves, though, because they're mm. shoring up that defense, and that, that's what you need to be able to win this league. is right. to slow these quarterbacks down. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, these these guys are going to score points. Well, so they're, they're definitely gonna them. Defense
1: are gonna get te- yeah. Defenses are going to get defenses are
2: going to get tested. Yeah. You know, early and often. Yeah, in their, own, yeah, for in their sure. own
1: divisional play. So, right. Right. You know, Colton, like you said, you you can make an all star team just out of the AFC West. Right, right. First and second. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Starters and backups. Right, right. Yeah, so, all right, where do you guys want to start? You want to start with Devontae Adams? Yeah, yeah, we'll just
0: transition. Let's do that. Um, I was a little
1: surprised at this move. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I thought once they re-signed Aaron Rodgers to that big contract, Mm -hmm. I thought Devontae was a given, but... I Goes guess, to show
0: how much I know. Yeah, I guess I guess not, um, you know, and and you know, we we talked about it, you know, I'm, I'm not so surprised that the Raiders, you know, made this move or you know, made made the jump here just because, you know, like we just talked about, they they had to to somewhat keep themselves competitive in that tough AFC West, but yeah, more surprised on on Green Bay's side that they, you know, basically let their best weapon walk out the door. Yeah, uh,
1: so, so who's Rodgers have now? I mean, they're well, yeah, next he, top receiver. He's got to
2: be himself saying, what the heck did I just Alan, agree to? Alan
1: Lazard, him? I think was their next, you know, highest rated receiver in, mm-hmm. in green Bay. So,
2: um, yeah,
1: I, I was really surprised. They, they gave up a first and a second round pick. Um, you know, I,
2: Ooh. I mean, it, it makes a ton of sense for the Raiders, though, because uh, Carr mm. and Adams already have chemistry. They played together in college, yeah, right? Yeah. Fresno State, yeah. right? Yep, yep. They yeah. know each other really well, so I, I think that's going to be a great, great tandem for them.
0: I think it's going to be a good thing for them.
1: They got Hunter Renfro as a. I mean, he's a yeah. good receiver. It's, here. it's.
0: uh You know, it's crazy. We know we talk about the AFC West. You know, even though the Raiders made this move, they still have the worst odds to win the AFC West. Right. right. <laughs> it's crazy to think, you know, that that's, you know, yeah, you know. add a big piece like that and maybe what might be the missing piece for, for the Raiders that they haven't had in a while. And they still have the worst odds to win their own division. Mm-hmm. So, you know how tough it is then it, 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 with, with that, you know, at least Vegas views it, use it that way. And, so. and it really wasn't a ton of draft capital to get Adams. I mean,
2: cause he, a lot of people were calling him the, the best receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. He, right, you know, right. Close between him and, uh, Oh, the the uh, guy out there in uh, L.A. Uh, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper yeah. Cup. I mean, it's got to be one one a there. So right? right, right. You're, you're getting the best receiver in the league for a first and second round pick. I mean, you're not going to find somebody in the first round that can give you what he
0: can give you. He's so definitely I, a proven I, commodity. I, I just and in his prime, I would yeah, say, well, you know, it, I don't. don't twenty
2: nine years old, right? So. Right. Well, and they are able to re up him too. You know, they gave him a five-year deal,
1: five yeah, year deal. Yeah, and it wound up being million. like twenty eight and a half million. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like some of your other top receivers in the league, like give me an example like Amari Cooper, Mike Williams and Chris God, uh, Godwin are all about 20 million. so mm-hmm. he really kind of broke the ceiling a little bit on what wide receivers are getting. Yeah and I you know I don't know. Um, at 29 years old is, is that the way to go? Um, mm-hmm. a little stat here. There's only been four receivers that have had like their top five seasons after their 29th birthday, mm-hmm. and this is an elite class: Terrell Owens, mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison, Yep, Chris Carter, Yep, and Jerry Rice.
2: Yeah,
0: those are so. Those, I those mean, definitely can elite.
1: you put Devonte Adams in that group? Yeah, I, I, but, guess, uh, I guess
0: we'll see. I guess, potentially, yeah. yeah the, potentially. The, the jury's still out, I right. guess, but, on that.
1: Um, but but is he going to maintain that production
0: over a five year and, and you know, not
1: and not you know. Injuries, you know, David Carr you know, I think is a good quarterback but right. he's not Aaron Rodgers.
0: Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. You
1: know, is he going to maintain that production right. with, you know, um
0: a different QB a different and, obviously QB I think and, it does help he's
1: and going, a new head coach.
0: Right. right, right. Um you know and I think yeah, it's, it's interesting because the more I was kind of reading about this a little bit, you know, I, you know like we said, I thought when Rodgers resigned that that DeVonte Adams was kind of a a done deal or that was, you know, all right al rogers is back you know devontae adams is a is a shoe in to be back but mm-hmm. reading into it a little bit more it sounded like adams wanted out of green bay uh, yeah um, i
1: and i hadn't heard that up right. until
0: uh because recently. they they had actually put the franchise tag on him but yeah, from not playing but for, that. Yeah, for everything that i was reading he had no intention of playing if, if they were going to keep him under under that franchise tag like he had no intention of playing for the Packers. Really? Um, so. and it was also interesting in, in his goodbye letter he penned
2: to Green Bay. He, he failed to mention Aaron Rodgers at all. So hmm. I, I don't know if there's some animosity there between those two. Right, or right.
0: Um, you know, and I think there there possibly could be because at the same time, I mean, it, it seemed like Rodgers was making it all about, all about himself, him. yeah. you know, the last, you know, with mm-hmm. all this this drama going on. So, you know, maybe Adams just got, you know, sick of that or, you know, didn't want to have to be, dealing with that, with that drama or, you know, not knowing if your franchise QB is going to be there when right. you need him or, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it, it definitely leaves the Packers a giant void at, at the wide receiver wow. position. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you, you get a first round pick and you get a second round pick, but you know, it can, those, I mean, time will tell, will those picks be able to fill that gap? Fill yeah. The giant numbers that, that Adams has been able to put up in, mm-hmm. in the short amount of time that he's been been in Green Bay, um, you know, and the Packers have, you know, haven't drafted a wide receiver in the first round since 2002. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been, been a while since they've gone, you know, wide receiver. So, I mean, a, a team that's not maybe been in this familiar situation, do they have the personnel to, you know, scout out to get the right, right. wide receiver? And obviously you got a franchise QB and Aaron Rodgers, So, can Aaron Rodgers make anybody better, or make you know make that that rookie wide receiver, or you know a, a receiver with a little bit of experience, go jump to the next level? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's something I guess we'll have to see if, if Rodgers is is capable of. Yeah. Um, you got
2: to hope with the contract they gave Rodgers. They're they're li- listening for a little input from him on what he wants. In the right, first sure right. right. Trying yeah. to make this thing. You work. know, and going back to the
1: head coach thing with uh, Josh McDaniels being out here, we know the success that he had as the OC in mm-hmm. you know New England, but. Uh, let's not forget the experiment in Denver when he was the head coach for a year and a half, right. um, went eight and eight his first season and then got fired after three and nine start the next season. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of a, you know, a kind of a question mark too. Right. Right.
0: And it'll be interesting. And, you know, we talked about it when, when they made that hire is how does he handle the defense? We know what we're getting with the offense. He's always been, you know, kind of a guru or, you know, somewhat of a, of a genius when it comes to kind of the, the offensive side of the ball but now with all these moves being made in the AFC West, defense matters yeah, in this division. Absolutely. So, you either got to, you know, you got to figure it out yourself or you got to make the right hires to to figure it out sure. for you when it comes to defense. So, it'd be be interesting to see, but yeah, it's a, a hot one out there in in the AFC West. So, all right.
1: Well, let's move a little closer to home, shall we?
0: Yes, sir.
1: Cleveland Browns picked up Deshaun Watson this week. Uh, five two hundred 230 million, all of it guaranteed. Wow. Um, And they get a sixth round pick.
0: Fifth round, I think, is what it was. Oh, 20, was it? 2024. it was
2: 2024, sixth round, sixth round. And Cleveland gave up their 2022, 2023, 2024 first round picks, along with a 2023 third and a 2022 and 2024 fourth. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, that's, that's what a I have down ton to Ton of capital. Well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and, and not to mention all the money you're putting into this guy
0: fully, for, fully, guaranteed. For, guy fully has, guaranteed
2: for a
1: guy that hasn't, hasn't played, played since what years. January of 20, December of 2020 or January yeah. of 2021.
0: A full, a full year off of football. Yeah. And much. rumor
2: has, he may have another year left off of football. Right. So, right. We uh, don't I mean, know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And we're not, we won't
0: get we're into gonna, the,
2: yeah. the legal aspects
1: of it too much, but, uh,
0: there's potential. the criminal
1: charges were dropped. The grand jury failed to indict, you know, on the, on the criminal charges, but, uh, there's still civil service or civil yeah. cases pending and Possible the, suspension NFL, the leagues, NFL you know, player right. conduct policy. So, right. um, yeah, that was to me it was a huge gamble for
0: mm. Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's it's an interesting move for Cleveland because we, you know, over the years or last couple of decades, the Browns have not been known to do make these big moves like right. that. And I think I think we're seeing a shift in in the Browns' kind of front office or you know, some of the moves that they've made here, you know, trading for odell beckham you know a couple of years ago um you know bringing in now deshaun watson uh you know bringing in kareem hunt you know just bringing in you know a lot of you know big pieces and things like that that in the past the browns have been known to keep all of their money not spend a mm-hmm. dollar have all this cap space and not do anything with it right. um and, and just try to be kind of a low ball you know uh, get the most for their money and they really weren't getting the most for their money uh they're they're going the cheap route but yeah, so it'll be be interesting to see what they what what Deshaun Watson you know, does. They traded
1: here. their uh, Case Keenum this week, right? Mm-hmm. Got rid of that, you know, a veteran backup off their off their roster. Um,
2: brought yeah. brought in a nice piece though uh, to back up uh, Jacoby, uh, Jacoby Jacoby Brissett. Brissett yeah, yeah. So so be a, that'll be a nice backup yeah. option, pro- a potential starter if Watson can't play. Right, right. right.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah, definitely you know two hundred and thirty million fully fully guaranteed. I mean, that's the most you know, most recorded guaranteed money for an NFL player since they've started, you know, kind of tracking that or whatever. So interesting, you know, that that they, you know, throw that much money at a guy that. So
1: how's that guaranteed contract work if there is a
2: NFL suspension? I I think he would pay back those games that he can't play because I mean, typically that's how it works. If you're suspended, you owe the team those games that's that what contract. i thought yeah, yeah. everything else right so he has
0: like a you know like a base salary for what you know, they'
2: like like also
1: like a 46 million dollar signing bonus in there
0: I, I i didn't i didn't catch that but yeah could very well could be um uh, I and i mean yeah it's 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 unbelievable and you know don't get me wrong the guy before all these you know legal things was a, a good quarterback and things like that but you got to look at it i mean the guy had just a barely over a five hundred record as a starter mm-hmm. in, in, in Houston, and I'm not putting all the blame on him right. because I mean, Houston that wasn't
2: great talent. Yeah, right.
0: Houston has there, been a been does a train wreck.
1: Serious weapons, but in, Cleveland. But in I mean, Cleveland.
0: I mean, he's he's you know coming in there. I mean, he's got you know a two headed monster at the running back with with mm-hmm. Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt, and then with the Browns just adding Amari Cooper to the to the mix. Yeah. Now now the things get interesting with you know Jarvis Landry saying. I want out of Cleveland, maybe I want to come back to Cleveland, (laughs) you know, or, or, you know, whatever, I don't know. That'll, that'll be interesting to see how that's handled. But yeah, I just think, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously from Houston's standpoint, they're just taking in all the picks that they can get and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to get a bunch of draft capital and things like that to turn that franchise around. So, I mean, from, from their standpoint, I think that they got what they, could or, you know, got a lot for, for, for him, you know, for a guy that hasn't played a full year. And yeah, I know all the legal stuff is, is, is done with, or, you know, somewhat done with, Um, but uh, yeah, I think they got, you know, a ton of draft picks for for somebody that you know has taken almost a full year off of football.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. and I think it's crazy on how, on how quickly things changed for Baker Mayfield there yeah. in Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're looking at be like two years ago, he unlocked the beer fridges for all the fans. <laughs> right. right after not winning any games, finally led him to some wins, mm-hmm. then led him to the playoffs, somewhere
0: the Browns French haven't time been right. ever. Yep, led, yeah, led him to the playoffs, got a win in the playoffs, and, and, and
2: then last year he he gutted it out. He played hurt all season long. I don't think you can question the kid's heart.
1: Yeah. No. Um, you know, and he's got a gun for an arm, and for um, you know,
0: Cleveland. That's, I mean, that's what. You, excuse me, what you what you want? I mean, that the city of Cleveland is like built on that blue like collar tenacity, or you know, mentality. that that, that uh, you know, working mentality. So I think you know, it, it's just crazy how how it works about, about you know how so quickly people fall in and out of love with with sports figures. So know.
1: Watson to the Browns, Mariota to Atlanta, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan to the Colts. And the Saints re-signing uh, Jameis Winston, mm-hmm. so where's Baker going? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, it uh, doesn't leave him a ton of options out mm-hmm. there right now with all the different QB swaps and moves and things like that that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. I mean, my my you know initial thoughts when you know everybody was kind of asking was you know Seattle still possibility. Right. Uh, I mean, I think. At this point, that's the only possibility I I see. Um, I, I saw
1: the Panthers possibly, and then the one that just popped up today was was Pittsburgh, and I, I'd be I'd be surprised. I'd be yeah. yeah, I would be shocked. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but you, you know what? I'm gonna throw something even weirder out there. I think if I'm the Browns, he's still under contract. Mm-hmm. I keep him. Could, yeah. Because if if Watson can't play, if he does, if he does truly get suspended, like has been talked about, and they think may be a real potential here, mm-hmm. then you know what? You give him one more year. He'll, he'll build a little more, little more value. Mm-hmm. You get maybe a little because nobody's offering hardly anything for him at the moment. They're yeah, not going right. to get the draft capital they want. Right. So if they can't get what they want out of them, keep him. Make him play. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. That's true. I think, uh, and,
1: I, and I don't think Baker will be one that will sit out just because he. I think he
2: wants. You know, obviously.
0: He wants yeah. to play. I think if you're the Browns,
2: you make a deal with him. You play one more year for us, and we'll send you wherever you want to go. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. Know? Yeah, that's a good point. Buy, buy something out of that year.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's 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 interesting. And I guess kind of the, the final wrap-up on this is, you know, Deshaun Watts. I mean, it's crazy that the Browns were able to pull this off because, you know, maybe 24 hours before this deal had, had you know, happened is that the Browns had dropped out of the running or like yeah. Deshaun had basically kind of – Written the Browns off, you know, as as a potential, you know, uh, I don't think nobody else
1: offered that kind of. I yeah. don't think anybody else offered that kind of money. Yeah, I,
0: I have to guess, or you know, because it was basically down to the Falcons and the Saints were, you know, his two destinations that were the latest, you know, mm-hmm. rumor that that was his two destinations he wanted to go. Um, and then you know, out of left field, the Browns come come back, and I have to, I have to guess, or I have to say, like, it must be because of the money situation that they. Because of this fully guaranteed contract, I, I don't know that anybody was was offering that, regardless of you know legal issues, not legal issues. It's just the guy has not played has not played a single snap for for a full year, year. over um, a year, yeah. 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 And so you just don't you don't know what you're what you're getting. At. So so let's say Watson does play
2: and he plays to the level he was playing before. Does this make the Browns that much better?
1: I think it does. Yeah, um, I think they still I think he's him. that dynamic, mm-hmm. um, you know, that kind of the dual threat, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't if it he gives stay, the
0: Browns a different look or yeah. a different option than maybe what they had mm-hmm. with, with. I think Baker. it does
1: with the other weapons that they have. Mm-hmm. I real I think if he plays well, as well as he did in Texas. I think I think it makes the Browns a legitimate contender. And because
0: of, you know, the Browns having kind of that two-headed monster in the running attack, it takes a little bit of pressure off of him. Right. He doesn't have to necessarily be that guy that he was in Houston. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to throw for 400 500 yards every game to keep to the, get a win. keep him, you know, competitive in the yeah. game. He can lean a little bit more on that on that running game. Right. I think for me it's wh- what do the Browns, the defense, look like? Can they get a little bit more consistency out of the out of the defensive side of the ball? Okay, um, and, and I think that will be the key. I mean, obviously, yeah, adding Watson is is a whole new element to their offense that they haven't had, you know, in the, the past couple of years with Baker. But I think they still have to get some consistent play out of their out of their defense to be mm-hmm. competitive. So then, one one last thing for the NFL topic here. Moving on,
2: uh, Rob had touched on it. Matt Ryan to the Colts. Does that make the Colts a, a real contender now? Is that does that fill the gap they need, or is this just a, I I mean, another, another? It seems band-aid? like a, it
0: seems like another one year rental to yeah, me, and and that's been the Colts kind of
2: mo here yeah. in the last
0: yeah. several years. Mm-hmm. You know, it started with Philip Rivers playing, and you know, going into it, the Colts kind of knew that this was Rivers' final season. I mean, he had kind of kind of said like, I'm you know not really planning on playing you know another year. Like this will be my final year. So the Colts kind of knew that going in still, you know, took the chance or, you know, whatever had had some decent success. Uh, And then, you know, Carson wins last year and, you know, people thought that it might be a little bit more longer term, but just didn't pan out the way that they had hoped for. Um, And now I feel like they're doing the same thing. I mean, not to say that Matt Ryan is, you know, washed up or you know whatever. He's still been putting up some phenomenal but Matt stats. Matt Ryan's
2: what? Thirty three? Is it? Yeah. His, I mean I, mean, I think Matt Ryan probably has two, three years left in his career. So this is definitely a short term fix for the Colts. But what was available for them to, to have at quarterback? Yeah, I, I think they made a great move yeah. here. Just shipping out just a third rounder. That's yeah, it's not huge. I yeah. Mean, they don't lose For a, a guy here. that was
0: a former number one overall pick, right. I mean, yeah, I a mean,
2: guy who's led his team to the Super Bowl, I, I, he's been a league MVP. Mm-hmm. He he knows how to win. Right. Yeah, I think the
1: I think the fans in Atlanta were kind of done with him too. Yeah, it seemed like they had kind of lost faith in mm-hmm. his ability to you know get him over the hump. I think. Right. And then, right. then
2: my question is, though, what's Atlanta doing? They they had a chance early in the draft last year to pick a franchise quarterback. With that, and then they went pit. with Kyle with Pitts Kyle at tight end.
0: Right. Right.
1: Gotta they, have somebody to throw the ball to him. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Mariota, you know, I mean, I don't know—is that the answer? And I, I the, guess you could
0: you could say that you know what the Colts are getting that you know maybe some other quarterbacks you, you don't get. And I didn't realize this, but in the in the fourteen years that he was with Atlanta, he missed three games in yeah. his whole career. So that's you know some longevity there that you don't always see it at the, at the QB position. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if he can stay, stay Consistency, healthy and that was kind of maybe yeah. a little bit of the problem with Carson Wentz is, right. you know, when he played, he, you know, put up some decent numbers, but he just couldn't stay healthy enough to, to be on the field. So if, if, you know, the Colts can kind of protect Matt Ryan there and then keep him on the, on the field, I think that they got, you know, a, a decent quarterback at, at kind of a bargain bargain deal. Like right. you said, with that, yep. that only giving up a third round pick to, to get him. But, Okay. Yeah, I don't know. With Marcus Mariota, it'll be, be interesting. Obviously he's been a been a starting quarterback before uh, with, with the Titans and you know it's kinda of fallen off the ship and has been, you know, somewhat of a backup the last, you know, several seasons. But he is familiar with the with the head coach there in, in Atlanta. Uh, you know, kind of the offensive scheme that he likes to run because uh, kind of the last year that, that Mariota was there in Tennessee, um, Arthur Smith, who's the head coach for Atlanta, was the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. in, in Tennessee. So I guess he has that going for him a little bit that he's, you know, somewhat familiar with the coach, familiar with kind of the offensive scheme. So that will help him kind of get his feet wet and, and things like that. But, you know, I, I it's going to be a hard ass to yeah. replace, you the, know, the Mack Falcons Wright. weren't going anywhere anyway. Right, so, right. Right.
2: You know, throw a stop gap in there, maybe mm-hmm. draft, mm-hmm. draft the quarterback in the future. Right. In the future. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, before we continue on and start talking about the madness, let's take a quick commercial break. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code podcast21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out.
1: All right, we're back in the studio. Thanks for sticking with us. Let's get into uh, some March Madness talk. Um, Let's start with rounds one and two. What do you guys think? I watched just the absolute ton of basketball and yeah, yeah. i was in heaven yeah absolutely like in it,
0: a basketball I, coma those those first you know first two days like first you know first round thursday and friday there's there's nothing better than that in my opinion when it comes to sports with you know like four or five games all going on at one right. time like there's there's Different nothing there's, i think there, i
1: burned up the yeah. remote yeah
0: i don't think you can you can ever top top that you know that moment or, or whatever in, in sports but uh yeah no I, I watched a, a ton of ton of basketball as as I always do you know around this time when it when it comes March time but you know just just looking at it and I, I know we each kind of did a little bit you know different you know take or whatever on kind of our, our first initial reaction so I'll kind of kind of kick it off here and that's that's with the uh, you know kind of my most surprising team and I, I guess it probably isn't as surprising because it, it, everybody's probably thinking it and that's the the St. Pete, you know, St. Peter's Peacocks, um, you know, out of <laughs> out of New Jersey, um, pulling off you know a couple of, you know, big upsets to to make it into the the Sweet 16. Um, you know, came into the tournament with a record of 19 and 11, uh, 14 and 6 in there in their conference. Um, you know, small private school of only about 3500 students. Wow. Um, and coached coached by their uh, by Shaheen Holloway, um, who actually played Quite a few seasons at, at Seton Hall. Uh, spent a lot of time as an assistant coach there at, at Seton Hall. It um, actually was kind of a big time recruit coming out of coming out of high school. Um, had had a couple of offers from from Duke and um, from Ooh. California, a couple couple of big you know major schools. But ultimately mm-hmm. chose to chose to go to Seton Hall. But you know how 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 the you know St. Peter's got here. First round, they pull off the upset. You know upset Kentucky, who you know like like many people probably in this, in this uh, you know, in the country and myself included picked Kentucky to go, go pretty far. Um, and then they pulled off the upset in overtime in, in a game where, you know, late in the game, it looked like Kentucky was in, was in control. Mm-hmm. And it, it just amazes me because the tallest guy or like the tallest starting five guy for St. Peter's is only six foot seven. And, and they, you know, did they shut down Oscar Sheedway absolutely no. not he he had a monster he had a he monster, his, uh, had a monster points, game yeah 30 uh,
1: games 20 rebound 30
0: <clears throat> points 20 rebounds but it didn't matter they they still found a way to to win to win that game and, and and i think that's the excitement of march is that you know even though kentucky had this this monster game from one of their best players st peters still found a way to to get it mm-hmm. done and i think that's just you know a, a, a testament to their to their play and then you know, in the second round, they they beat a Murray State team who had won thirty games. Yeah, thirty and, games in a row. And held, you know, held them in a row, Held them to only sixty points. Uh, you know, beating yeah. them seventy to seventy to sixty. And, and so it just, yeah. And the leading scorer for St. Peter's only averages eleven points a game. So yeah. they they don't score a ton of points, but they just do. They, they do the fundamentals, I think, very very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just play kind of a hard nosed hard nose game. So yeah. for me, that you know. Awesome. maybe maybe not the most surprising now because of what they've accomplished but surprising because you would have never thought it coming into right. it that they were able to pull it off so yeah we have, we have biggest upsets and i'm sure that's one of the ones we all picked as a big upset right, right. but you
2: know i'll give you another surprise here and It's going to be an odd one to say as a surprise, but I'm going to say the North Carolina Tar Heels. Okay. You know, they're they're playing much better basketball than I thought they would be in March. They won quite a few regular season games, but they couldn't win the big ones. Mm -hmm. Every time they played a ranked opponent, they couldn't get the Mm -hmm. job done. Mm -hmm. Now they come into March, and they're just – they're playing with reckless like, abandon, yeah. putting up points like there's yeah. no tomorrow. They look like they could beat anybody. Yeah, like they knocked, knocked off Baylor like it was easy. Right. I mean, right. I scored yeah. almost 100 in yeah. that game. They almost They're blew bad. that. What they, a game! They, they yeah. did, yeah. What, they, what gave, game. they gave back a huge <laughs> lead 25 lead.
1: point lead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think my biggest surprise, and you know, it kind of pains me to say this a little bit, but it's the Michigan Wolverines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a team that. I wasn't even sure it should have
0: been in the tournament. Boy, have boy, they proven never. Yeah, wrong. Yeah, they made an
1: idiot out of me, <laughs> right. and I'm a Wolverines fan. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they, they come in and, you know, they get a win over – they come in as the 11th seed, get a win over the 6th seed Colorado State, 75-63. to 63, And then, you know, and I think the big game was over number three Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and they're doing it by just playing good basketball. Yeah, um, both,
0: both ends of the – You floor. know, in
1: that – in that uh, Colorado State game, they averaged fifty-four percent from the field, fifty mm-hmm. percent against Tennessee, eighty-six yep. percent from the free throw line, yep. which is you know
0: critical when, it, critical when it can be in a critical uh, close game. Like yeah, that. they're
1: only you know they're I mean they're a good free-throwing sheet team all season mm-hmm. at seventy-five percent, but to pick that up to eighty-six mm-hmm. in, the, in the tournament is right. is huge. Um, and then you know that second half of that Tennessee game, they outscored. They outscored the volunteers forty-four to three. Man, they they got Hunter Dickinson going in that second half, and they just they, they just looked kept like
0: feeding him. Yeah, yeah,
1: and
2: they looked like they could
1: have beat anybody right. mm-hmm.
2: at yeah, that, that point. As surprising as it is, it really shouldn't be because they didn't lose much from no. last year's yeah. national championship. Yeah, like, championship I mean, they, they should have deep.
0: been better than what yeah. they they underperformed. Yeah, what they They Underperformed
2: all right. season. They really did. Right. Um, F-
0: Save their best for last, I guess.
2: that's part of the reason I picked them to win the first round. Right, you know they they have the ability there. Yeah. I, I didn't see them beating Tennessee, yeah. so that was no. kind of shocking. Yeah. We'll see yeah. if they can continue it on. Right. That, that's right. going to be good.
1: Yeah. I think I have them later. i got a little more talk about them later on when we get into the Sweet 16 talks. But yeah. uh, give me your uh, – Matt, we'll let you start this segment. Give me your biggest
2: disappointment. Mm-hmm. You know, my biggest disappointment isn't a team. It's a conference. Mm. It's the Big Ten. They've yet again underachieved in the big dance. You know, they're considered the best conference in college basketball coming into this thing. They placed nine teams in the big dance. After the first two rounds, there's only two left standing. Mm-hmm. You got Purdue, and then the Michigan that nobody thought would be there. Right, right. They didn't even know if they'd make it out of the first yeah. round. And here yeah. they are. Yeah, so, I mean, they had some higher seeds. You know, they had Wisconsin as a three. They had uh, Illinois was a four. four. Iowa uh, had a five. Yeah, you know. Buckeyes were a seven. Right, right. So, I mean, all, all these teams that were were projected to do great things, mm-hmm. and they're they're all ready. To I mean, sit you know, and on I kind of
1: had high hopes for them because you know that first round. You know, they went 8-2, I think, in the first round. So I thought, oh, maybe this is the year the Big Ten you does, know, something. Yeah. does something. and you know, In that second round in the sixth they game, all, they all they bowed out, out. They lost four rounds. Right. You know, four teams in that second round out of six. So, right,
2: right. Um, so it, it kind of begs the question for what is the problem with the Big Ten when it comes to the Big Dance? Is it because know. their style of play is so different? I, I, think, I think regular season, they, they kind of play a little slower pace. They, they mm-hmm. beat up on each other. They pound. Right. Where you get you get into the dance and teams are sprinting up and down the court.
0: And yeah. I, 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 I think I, that hurts. I, I'm starting to think or starting to, you know, that, that you know, it is a little bit of that, that they beat each other up. I mean, you see it with, with the good teams throughout the year of, of having to play, like, back-to-back-to-back to back to back nights. Like, they've already somewhat been doing that throughout the whole regular season mm-hmm. of having to go from, you know, playing – Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, you know, back to back, you know, Iowa, all, all yeah. these good teams like, you know, somewhat back to back or you know within a, you know, a tight window, which you would think would make them somewhat prepared for, right. you know, March, but I think in a way it might hurt theirs because down. it's just they've had such a long and grueling see, you know, regular season that by the time March comes around, they're just exhausted, oh, they're wore out, they're they, right. you know, and so Maybe a team, uh, you know, I don't know that, you know, a ton about all the big 10 teams, but maybe a a team from the big 10 that has a little bit more depth is the reason that you're seeing some of these other teams do better from the big 10 is because they do have a little bit more depth. So they're able to play, you know, Mm -hmm. some more, some different players and, and keep kind of fresh legs in there where some of these other teams, they aren't so deep. So you really have to rely on your starters and and they're like I said, just just wore wore out from a from a long season. Mm-hmm. When it comes March time, they just they got nothing left in the in the tank right. type deal. So that's a, that's a good
1: point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I guess I'll go ahead and go second because my biggest disappointment was the Big Ten as well. But I'm going to specifically point at the Illinois uh, you know team out there in Champaign. You know they came in as a four seed, went against Chattanooga, the 13 seed, beat them by one point when chattanooga led the whole game right i mean Other you know than the that, last
0: 45 seconds yeah
1: i mean they won by one point only scored 54 points they went three of 17 from the three-point line mm-hmm. um only shot 13 to 22 from the free throw line you know it was just a bad outing all around but i thought that would be a wake-up call for them mm-hmm. then they go into houston and only score 53 points against houston went six of 25 from three point land mm-hmm. and they did shoot a little better at the line, but you know, uh, over the, in the season, regular season, they were 36% for three. It's not great, mm-hmm. but it's, passable. it's towards the
0: top. Yep. They only
1: shot 21% in those two games from three. Yeah. yeah um, well
0: below their average from the
1: free throw line. They were a 71%, which is not good. Mm-hmm. I like to see teams at least shoot 75, but then they only shot 68% from the three, you know, so,
0: it, giving up, giving up free, giving points. up
1: points. And and it wasn't, you know, they got some senior or I guess not all seniors, but veteran leadership on this team. Frazier's a senior Plummer's a grad student. Uh, Coburn's a junior Hawkins is only a sophomore, but then Williams is a senior as well. And that's their five starters. So, I guess I don't know. I got to blame it on coaching.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I, that's the only thing I can lay. How it much longer are they going to hang? That's two years in a row they've yeah, gone in, they yeah. in. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's uh, yeah, funny, funny that you say that because when I l- looked at my notes from this exact same segment that we did last year at, mm-hmm. at about this same time, my most disappointing team last year was Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> my most disappointing team this year, Illinois, Illinois. Oh, again.
1: Okay, and and well, and we all kind and of and agree. It, on yeah, it. you um, know, and I guess to me, you got Coburn down there why are you jacking yeah, you up all these wearing threes? people? Why out? are you right. jacking up all these threes yeah, I don't. when you're not making
0: them? Right. Yeah. Well, when you when, just keep
2: taking bad shots.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just giving you know, Houston opportunities to run out there and, and get, you know, easy buckets with, mm-hmm. with kind of long rebounds and things like that. But you know, the thing I look at in that, in that game against Houston, they had 17 turnovers. Ugh. And I mean, when you have close to 20 turnovers, you, you don't set yourself up for success because in that one, Houston didn't have, I think they had like under 10. So, you know, I I can somewhat get away with the turnovers if it's somewhat close. If Houston had, you know, 16 turnovers, then, you know, maybe you can kind of throw it as a wash. But, you know, Houston didn't have a ton of turnovers. Illinois had a ton. So, you know, out of those 17 turnovers – even if Houston doesn't score on every one of those possessions that's an empty possession for you right, that you right. don't get the opportunity to uh, score that's at least score. a two points right right. right a four point if they if they score right right and so i think yeah it just you know it well I, yeah the, the the first round was definitely not a wake up call for them you know yeah. i thought you know i thought yeah. the exact same thing like oh wow like <laughs> almost get beat you pretty much are down the entire game except for The final minute, and then Mm -hmm. you know you know you're going to get a better team in Houston, um, you know, than than Chattanooga. So you're going to have to step up your game a little bit. And they just they just didn't they mm-hmm. never they, that switch never never clicked never you know was never there that fire or passion no,
1: that, and that's what I noticed too. Never, I'm glad you brought there. that up, Colton. They just, that team just did not look inspired at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they thought they were going to walk through the first and second round and right, right. You know, whatever. <clears throat> but yeah, it was disappointing to see. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All
2: right, where are we at now?
0: Um, so is there any more you want to talk about first and second round? You know, Wait, and,
2: and, and I, I will make one last point. I think this first, second round proved the West, like we said before, is the toughest division in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Seeds one through four all made it through right, and right. out of, yeah. Yeah. Out of, out of all the, all the um, chaos and all you know, the other... and I, I, I think the you know,
1: we talked about this before the tournament. started. I think the committee obviously did a good job. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of, what, there's been five overtime games already. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, some close games. And I think it speaks to the parody in basketball right now. You know, at this time, you go back to years past, and, you know, I don't know how many millions of people submit the brackets <laughs> on ESPN, but, um, you know, you go back, and there's still, at this point in the game, there's still, t- you know, hundreds of people with perfect, perfect brackets. brackets. Yeah. There's nobody. no,
0: Not no. a single not from, entry. Not from ESPN, Yahoo, any of, the different, any of them have a, have a perfect bracket. So it, it definitely has been madness if you, if you will, but yeah, absolutely. it's definitely made for a, another exciting March. Um, you know, and, and like you said, there's been a ton of good games, even if, even if some of the top seeds have won, they've still been somewhat close. Mm-hmm. Like they haven't just been running through these teams. Like right. they still been had to, you know, had to been tested or, you know, have been tested from some of these lower seeded teams. So I think that just, that, that makes it more, more interesting to, to watch. You're mm-hmm. not, you know, not seeing just one team just dominate everybody you got, you know, I think a handful of teams at this point could, could possibly be yeah. cutting down the net. Yeah. And
1: we talked, I talked about Illinois, how, how poorly they played, I thought, um,
0: you know, compared to
1: their season average and you go back to, you know, my upset, my big upset obviously was St. Peter's over, over UK, but um, they shot 53% from three point land mm. and, yeah. 85% from this free throw line. Right. Um,
0: like I said, they, and, just, they do a lot of the things. And
1: Kentucky just, they were the exact opposite. 27% from three. And they went to the line 35 times in that game. <sighs> wow. And wow. only shot 65%. Yeah. You, you're just leaving too many points out, free points out Like there. Said,
0: I said, you, you let, a, 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 I wouldn't say a bad team, but you let a-, a you Underdog. Know, underdog hang around and, and you, let them, yeah, you, you let them- By playing bad. Yeah, you let them you know, in their mind, they're thinking, man, we got a chance here. Yeah. We're, we're still in this, like, you know, and yeah. you keep, keep keep letting them hang around, hang around, and before you know it, you're down, you know, you're down yeah. to this team, and then you're you're like the deer in the headlight look like, yeah. whoa, what, what do we what's do you here? Like, I mean, here? yeah, yeah. What, what's going on? Yeah. And so, you know, I think that was a little bit of, of Kentucky's, you know, problem there is that they just mm-hmm. let St. Let Peter's kind of just keep keep getting back into it, just keep hanging and you around. would
1: think going to the line 35 times
2: that <laughs> – you know you would be able to squeak out a win but yeah you know i think that's something your uh your duke guys are going to have to remedy too they've right. been playing a little tight I, they've got the weight of the world on their shoulders oh coach, coach k's the pressure, last big the band, pressure's building right t- you can tell yeah. it's getting into them a little bit they right. got real tight in that michigan state game they're mm-hmm. able to overcome but, yeah yeah you know, they're, they're gonna have to get Play. a little looser here.
1: right right well yeah. shall we move on to our sweet 16 talk yes, um, sir
2: who wants to start
1: we'll let you start this segment all
0: right well i'll start start out in the out in the east region The uh, one of one of the matchups i got here and and that's the uh, north carolina coming in at 26 and nine versus uh ucla at 27 and seven and that's a eight seed in north carolina versus a four seed in, in ucla and, and that game's on uh friday friday night 9, 9 30 p.m uh eastern time uh, over on cbs is when that one's going to kick off and you know looking at it uh currently vegas has ucla favored by only two points in this mm. one so you know, Vegas <laughs> thinks this is going to be a, a close one. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking the the, the, the exact same thing, um, you know, we, we, we talked about it, you know, North Carolina might be the hottest team in, in, in basketball right now. Um, just the way that they've played over the, over the last, you know, several weeks of the, of the season coming into the regular season. And then, you know, coming into this tournament, um, you know, they've won eight of their past nine games, including taking out the defending national champion in, in Baylor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what a wild game that was, uh, but you know, they, they've just been, for me, they've been dominating on the rebounds. They, they have totaled 40 or more rebounds in five of their past seven games. So they're doing a heck of a good job on the defensive, you know, defensive rebounding of limiting a team to one shot. And then, you know, offensively, they're getting a ton of offensive boards to give them second chance opportunities, Mm -hmm. which sets yourself up for, you know, a lot of, a lot of success. And, you know, with, with the success that they're having, especially from the three-point line, a lot of times, you know, a lot of the experts will say that the best three-pointer is that off of an offensive rebound. Mm-hmm. They say that that's, you know, almost a guaranteed make almost every time, uh, you know, and I mean, there's I'm sure there's some science behind that or, you know, whatever, but with, with getting, you know, as many rebounds as, as UNC does, you know, I, I think that that, you know, sets them up to, to score a lot of points and, and make a lot of, you know, outside shots. Uh, they, they, you know, on the flip side, there with with the rebounds, UCLA's only gone over t- over 40 rebounds six times all year. So there, it's a little bit of you know kind of contrasting styles there. Um, and 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 I think honestly for for UCLA to have you know success or to win this game, they're gonna have to shoot out of out of the gym to mm. to have have a have a real chance. Um, you know, UCLA's 22 and 0 when they shoot better than 43% from from the field, um, and so. You know they're and they're and they're only five and seven when they when they don't. So, gonna have to you know shoot the ball pretty well. And, and I think that they can because a lot of their opportunities or a lot of their shots are on the inside. They don't they don't jack up a ton of threes. Mm-hmm. They get a lot of their points inside the you know shot. mid mid range. You know you know, easy buckets in the middle there to, to, you know, score, score quite a bit of points. So. They're going to defense the paint pretty well. But though. they do have a, you know, a big staple there in, in Armando Baycott that, you know, is is definitely, you know, the anchor of that UNC defense. So, you know, be interesting to see um, UCLA is dealing with kind of a banged up lineup with um, one of the, one of their players had kind of a lower body injury in their, in their previous game and his status is kind of up in the air. I mean, he did, I think, come back in that game, but we just don't know 100% where where he's at, or you know, whatever. I like UCLA to get to get the win in this mm. one. Super, super, super tight game. Uh, I think UCLA makes maybe a clutch bucket in, in the final, you know, mm. couple of minutes to, to to you know put put North Carolina out of, out of the tournament. But
2: Johnny Juzang action, yeah, right?
0: yeah. I just, I think you know, it's it's it's. I think it's going to be a heck of a heck of a ball game. Um, obviously, two. Two blue, blue bloods in this one, you know. UNC and, and UCLA have a very storied history when it comes to, uh, you know, basketball or college basketball. So you know, I, I like the Bruins to get it done in a very very tight ball game. Yeah, it'll
2: be exciting. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll kick it off with my, my first game I'm looking at here, and I'll take us out west here to the to the division I just said I think is the best one in this in this bracket here. Yeah. And we we'll got the uh, Arkansas game against Gonzaga. Arkansas is 27 and eight on the season out of the SEC. Gonzaga is twenty-eight and three out of the WCC. Mm-hmm. You know, Gonzaga. If you're looking at this statistically, they outpace Arkansas in every statistical category other than free throw shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the tournament, Gonzaga's averaging eighty-eight points per game. That's pretty impressive. You know, in in this day of college basketball, mm. eighty-eight points. Right, that's, unbelievable. That's that's like an NBA game. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. They're playing. If they're playing like a full, you know, kind of full NBA game, they're probably yeah. scoring in the hundreds.
2: Absolutely. <clears throat> Then you got Arkansas, though, for the tournament. They're only averaging 64 points per game. They're, they're playing great defense, though, is how they're getting through. Because Gonzaga, yeah. Gonzaga, for the tournament, they're giving up 75 points per game. Right. Arkansas only given up an impressive 60 points a game. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I do think Arkansas is going to be able to do do something here to slow Gonzaga down. I think they'll take them out of their season average for points per game. but. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be able to do enough. I think Gonzaga is going to have enough offense to get the job done. Right, it's going to be closer than than what you would think looking at the stats. Mm-hmm. But the way Ar- Arkansas is playing great in this tournament, and I think they continue to play well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some some stars here to watch. You know, you got to look at Drew Timmy for Gonzaga. He's the star forward there, and uh, look at guard J.T. Note for uh, Arkansas. Those are the two stars for both teams. They're at both averaging eighteen points per game. Their go to guys, and it should be exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Arkansas is kind of keeping the uh, SEC's hopes alive. They're the only SEC team left at the moment uh, in, in the tournament. So you know, yeah, Kentucky, LSU, uh, Tennessee, uh, all those teams. You know, getting getting knocked out in the first weekend. So, Arkansas is kind of you know the lone man. You know, representing the SEC to kind of you know represent the the, the conference real well. But yeah, it's going to be a tall tall task to go against you know Gonzaga, who's you know averaging quite a few quite a few points there. But they've been playing defense pretty well. But yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see. You know, Gonzaga is a whole different animal. So no,
1: that's for sure. Um, well, I, my first game is a, a game in the South Region at and Center in San Antonio you got uh, number 11 or number 11 seed Michigan going up against number two seed Villanova um, you know I think if you look at this game from the outside you, you would think this is going to be a, you know a pretty handy win for Villanova Vegas has got them by five points right now um, but I don't know the way Michigan's playing right now um, and the size advantage I think they have against Villanova um, you know Michigan's shooting over their average in field goals, over their average in free throws through the first couple games. Um, they're getting some good production from some guys off the bench. You know, the Frankie Collins only averaged like 11 minutes all season, played 30 minutes against Tennessee and 31 minutes against Colorado State, mm-hmm. um, 14 points um, in, the, in the Colorado State game. Uh, and then Houston, um, 13 points against uh, Colorado State coming off the bench. So, uh, you know, Jay Wright, obviously, he knows how to coach a team in a tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, 2016 champion, 2018 champion against Michigan mm-hmm. in that 2018 game. Uh, you know, they looked good in their first two games. I thought they looked just solid, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. really solid. They don't make mistakes. Um, Colin Gillespie, you know, can create. They're their big guy in the middle, Jermaine Samuels at 6'7" um you know he he gets his as well they're two leading scorers i i don't know this is a tough one for me to call but if you look at like villanova they're 17 and four against the spread as the favorite team Mm -hmm. but michigan is nine one and one against the spread as an underdog Mm -hmm. so (laughs) you know i mean it's a
0: coin toss it
1: is and so i think I'm not going to let my heart pick this one. I'd love to see. I really would love to see Michigan win, but I think just the experience of Jay Wright and uh, that team in Villanova. I'm going to take Villanova in a close one. Over you know, Michigan. though, I
2: think Michigan's got a real good shot here. If they if they learned anything from the the Buckeye game against Villanova, if you start pounding it down on the inside. Villanova had no answer for Zed Key mm-hmm. or for uh, EJ Liddell there when they finally started going down into the paint. Mm-hmm. With, you got a guy like Hunter Dickinson, right. He should yeah. have a field I mean, day. They do, like I but... said, they
1: do have a size yeah. advantage. Hunter Dickinson at 7'1", and Musa Diabate at six yeah, eleven. I think um, if they play
2: that play off of that, it, though, I think they have yeah. a real and shot. Diabasa,
1: you know, he's averaging fifty four percent from from the, but he gets a lot of high percentage shots. Right, right, yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you, Matt. I mean, if you can. If you can push it down low, if you can get that good entry pass and get that ball down on the block, uh, Michigan's got a real good shot of winning this. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, I'll move it over to the to the South region. Um, I got got a game uh, number number five Houston, uh, thirty one and five versus number one Arizona at thirty three and three. This game is on on Thursday night at, at ten p.m. Eastern time over on TBS. Um, so. Super, super late one there out, out west, but, you know, I guess it's in the south now. But, uh, you know, there's a super, super late game. But Arizona comes comes into it, you know, favored by only two points as well. So, you know, Vegas has got this one. It's kind of a, a close matchup. And, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, Arizona was tested against TCU in their, in their last game, had to go to overtime to to, to get over the hump to, to, get, to get to this game. Uh, Houston somewhat has kind of cruised through their first you know first two matchups uh, taking out UAB in the first one and then you know down in Illinois in the in the last game but you know I, I think it come into this Arizona has a bad bad problem with with turnovers had 16 against TCU they had 19 in the first round against Wright State and so I just think you know in, in their last four games they've had 64 total turnovers I mean mm. that's that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of points to be given away and and I think that's going to catch up to you eventually. like you're, you're gonna find the right team that takes advantage of those turnovers and converts them into into buckets. and you know that Houston has the blueprint for that because they forced 17 turnovers against Illinois in their in their previous game. So you know definitely Arizona, I think has has got their hands full here and and, it, and it's strange to me because when it, when you look at this matchup, Arizona has clearly the size advantage coming to this, or you know, against their you know last two opponents, they've had the, had the size advantage. They lead the NCAA in total rebounds, and, and surprisingly, against TCU, they let TCU have almost fifty total rebounds, twenty on the offensive glass. Mm. So I think even even a team that's not you know doesn't match up with them you know size wise can still you know. Can can still play with them even with the the size disadvantage. So, Houston I think is just kind of a scrappy team. They they don't have a ton of size, but they just they play with a lot of heart, a lot of you know fire. Mm-hmm. So I think this game is gonna be gonna be super close. But I think Arizona Arizona gets it done. They have you know I think a little bit more talent when it comes to kind of the offensive side of the ball. A lot more guys to go to in, in crunch time. I like, I like the Wildcats from, from Arizona to, to yeah, get it done.
1: I, I think you're right. I like. I mean, I thought Houston looked really good against Illinois, but I think you're right. I think Arizona's just going to be too much for it. Mm-hmm.
0: Matt, what you got for yeah, your next right, game? Yeah,
2: my next game is uh, I got St. Peter's at 21-11. They're the big Cinderella this tournament out of the MAAC. They're taking on Purdue's 29-7 out of the Big Ten. This is another game, you look at it on paper, and it sure seems like a mismatch. Purdue's better in every statistical category other than block shots. Purdue, for the tournament, they're averaging 80 points per game. St. Peter's is right there for the tournament. They're uh, averaging 77 a game. Purdue, though, is giving up 64 points a game. St. Peter's giving up 70. I think this is going to be where the road ends for St. Peter's, though, I, I, they've been statistically playing over their heads in this tournament because for the regular season they're only averaging like sixty, I think sixty-four points a game. So, you know they're they're scoring more than their their season average. They they've been playing really well, but I, you know what goes up must come down. I, I think when you're playing over your head like that, it, it it's eventually going to come crashing back down. I, I think this is where it happens. So I'm going with Purdue. I, I do think it'll probably be close. Um, so stars to watch in this game, you got to look at guard Jaden Ivy for Purdue. And uh, guard uh, Daryl Banks the third for Saint Peter's. These are the two two big guys on each team, and mm-hmm. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be exciting matchup. Very good.
1: So the clock strikes midnight then on I, Cinderella. I think so. So. Yeah,
0: un- unfortunately, right. I think yeah, yeah, they, Purdue Purdue is is pretty talented. So, <clears throat>
1: but I don't have a lot of faith in the Big Ten right now. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. I mean,
0: somebody's got to
2: beat the drum
1: for it. every <laughs>
0: year. It does
2: seem like there is, there is one team that does seem yeah, to beat the right, drum for the right, Big Ten. Right, so. right.
1: All right. Well, my second game is you know one that we maybe touched on a little bit already, and that's number three seeded Texas Tech going against number two seeded Duke. I mean this this has got the makings of an absolute showdown right mm-hmm. here. This is another Thursday game. I think nine o'clock. It's like the second group of games, like a nine thirty game or something out in the West region in San uh, San Francisco. So um, when I started my research yesterday, Vegas had to spread at one and a half now it's down to one Mm -hmm. so i mean it's a toss-up game Mm -hmm. um i think texas 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 tech has the best defense in all of college basketball Mm -hmm. right now yeah they've only given up 57 and a half points in their first two games yeah um you know but on the other hand duke hasn't scored less than 66 in a game all season long right so they they can't score the ball um you know, I think Dukes looked real good. They got a little tight, like Mike, Matt said, in that Michigan State game. Um, you know, and I think what, what Texas Tech does to you is they, they make you take tough shots from the outside. They mm-hmm. got this, uh, they got a name for it, nothing in the middle defense or something. Mm-hmm. So they don't let you, you know, they try not They keep that ball out of the paint, you know, and that's the best way to defend uh, Bancaro at this point in his last four games, he's only four or 15 from the three point line. Mm -hmm. So if you can push him, make him take outside shots, that's the best way to, you know, keep him from hurting you. Um, But I I think the size advantage, you know, you got seven foot one, Mark Williams in the middle uh, bank at 610. And then he got Wendell Moore and Trevor Keels both at six, five. So they got some height. So I think for me, if even if you're not getting the ball, to Williams or Bancaro down in the block, the size advantage that that Duke's guards have at six five over over Texas Tech, I think you can still get points in the paint
0: yeah, with so. those
1: mismat with those mismatches down there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Duke in the upset. I mean, I know it's only a point, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know Vegas doesn't build, build billion dollar casinos because they're wrong. But <laughs> right. I'm, I'm betting that Vegas is wrong in this <laughs> yeah, one.
0: Yeah, keeps uh, keeps Coach K's, you know. Title hopes, or you the know, the pressure's March. building yeah. though, like
1: Matt said. Yeah, yeah and you can see it. it, it it's, it's
0: building on my. I think I have a few more gray hairs on my head <laughs> after watching that Michigan State game the other the other day. Um, you know, and at this point, because my bracket is such a such a mess, I, I I pretty much thrown that in the in the garbage and said, you know, go go Duke. Let's let's go win a title for for Coach K. But yeah, this this one I think is going to be another another nail biter, just because of how Texas Tech plays. You know, such. Such tough defense, but uh, yeah, definitely going to be an interesting one to, to tune into. Well, my last my last game I got here is is out there in the mid the Midwest region. Um, I got number four Providence coming in at twenty seven and five against number one seed Kansas at thirty and six. Um, a, a Friday night game, kind of Friday later evening game at, at seven thirty over on TBS. And I think of of the ones we got so far, maybe other than the, the Purdue game, Kansas is favored by by seven points coming into this one. So, and I think. I think rightfully so. I think it's a very, you know, contrasting styles when it comes to offense. Um, You know, Providence doesn't score a ton of points um, and and they've, a lot of people have deemed them kind of the the Cinderella or maybe the luckiest team in in all of college basketball, just because of how many close games that they've played this year. And they've managed to come out on top on, on every single one or, you know, a lot of those, you know, very, very close games. But at what point do you say, you know, it, it, you know, the clock somewhat strikes midnight on playing in such a close game that you just don't have enough offense there late, late in the game to to make enough buckets to keep a, you know, keep up with a, a red hot offense in, in Kansas. Um, You know, when Kansas shoots better than 20, better than 41% from the field, they're 27 and three. Mm-hmm. And, and they, and, and as an average on the year, they shoot almost 50%. Wow. Um, so. You know it, it, that, that's going to be a tall task, and and not to say that Providence's defense isn't up to it, it's just a, a big ask. And, and Kansas has you know Oshai Abaji, you know almost a twenty twenty point a night scorer, um, and, and he's a lot to, a lot to handle. But you know I just think that they have a lot a lot more weapons. I, I think you know if this game gets in kind of a up and down up and down match, I think Providence is is way outmatched when it if if, it, if that's the style that they play. Um, you know, I think Providence definitely wants to keep this a a low scoring affair to even have, have a chance to stay, stay in it. But I like Kansas to come out on top and and move on to the, to the elite eight.
2: All right. All right. Another good one. And so I'll give you my last matchup here. I got, it's a battle of two teams that nobody really thought would be here at this point. You got number 11 seed Iowa state at 22 and 12 out of the big 12. Mm -hmm. And you got the number 10 seed Miami. who's 25 and 10 out of the ACC. You know, this is another one. I'll make it three for three for matchups that I've talked about today. That on paper it looks like it should be one-sided because Miami's heads and tails above Iowa State in every major stat. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for the tournament, they're averaging nine more points per. or uh, For the season, they're averaging nine more points per game, and they shoot better from the field. For the tournament, Miami's scoring seventy-four points per game. Mm-hmm. Iowa State's only scoring fifty-six points a game. <sighs> They've had some low-scoring games in wow. this tournament. Yeah, uh, Iowa State's giving up fifty-two per game. Miami's not doing much worse though they're only giving up 63 mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think the big difference in this tur- tournament game is going to be where it comes to tournament experience from the coach mm. you've got jim laranega who's who has been been in this game for a long time oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, iowa state this is his first year head coach there at iowa yeah. state so i i think that's going to be the key here i think Laronega can get his guys a little more prepared for the spotlight to, mm-hmm. to the shine and I think Miami pulls this off and and moves on into the elite eight. That's
1: good. I I picked Miami in that first round. That was one of my upset picks that I did manage to get right.
2: (laughs) Um, But, and I
1: almost took them in the second round as well, but uh, yeah, I think Miami's got a real good shot of moving on to the elite eight. Eight, And I agree with that, Matt. All right. Absolutely. Well, well, that's our, it for our show tonight. Um, You know, we're going to, I won't be here in the studio next week. Uh, Hopefully we'll have a, guest reporter in here or guest (laughs) panelist next week. So, uh, you know, I'll let Colton sign us out and give you the particulars.
0: Yeah. Uh, We, we appreciate you guys for, for listening to our, to our, to fire it up this week with your host, Colton Cowell,
1: chief Rob Cowell,
0: Matt Cordes. Uh, We, we hope you enjoyed, enjoyed the episode. And, you know, if you want to hear other topics for, for future episodes, or, you know, you just got a big burning sports question. You want the, want the team here to, to answer or debate it out here on the, on the show you know, feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram. Uh, We got our Instagram handle is fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook at fired up comma sports podcast. We also have a, have a website, which is fired up one.podbean.com where you can check out all of our past episodes and find out just a little bit of information about the show. Um, But, you know, you can find all of our past episodes and even this, you know, episode coming up um, on all the different podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it we we're we're on there so appreciate you guys listening and as always stay fired up